This is the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We are pleased to have you join us as we offer up God's Word as the necessary food for His people. The Word of God finds its fullest expression in the person of Jesus Christ. May He be exalted before you today. Now here is our speaker, Joel Van Hoogen. Our world needs a church on mission. They need a people of God called to reach more for God and His glory. We hit our stride as a missionary people only after we are convinced that we have received God's mercy, encountered God's blessings, and have God's presence and power among us. And we will not be convinced of this, no matter what our theology is or how loud we sing, we will not be convinced of this short of experiencing it for ourselves from the hand of God. Please note, you cannot give witness to what you have not experienced for yourself. And this may be why missions is dying in the North American church. The nation of Israel often forgot the direction God's special choosing of them throughout all the peoples of the earth had was to take upon the earth for them. They forgot the trajectory that God had put them on when he chose them for himself. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, God reveals what that trajectory is. He says to Abraham there, I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. God adds to Abraham in verse 3, in you, speaking of him and his family, his seed, the nation that would rise up from him, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God had a missionary purpose for the people of Israel. They had been blessed of God in order that they might be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. This song that we're going to read here in Psalm 67 is one of those rare moments when a singer in Israel is captivated by the reality of that calling and enthralled by it. And they give themselves, they invest themselves to this song, the realization that they have been blessed in order to be a blessing. It may be at the time in which this song is written that it is the harvest season and they've had a good harvest and they've brought the harvest in as a celebration before the Lord and they're dedicating it to the Lord and as they see how God has blessed them, God triggers within them in the delight of God's blessing a desire that that blessing might overflow to all of the nations. But here is a moment when the nation of Israel captures and lays hold of and is taught to sing together the mission that God has given them. And they've embraced it, and they embrace it with passion. We'll read the psalm. You'll see it in the psalm. Now listen, eventually Israel rejects this missionary role. They reject this role when they reject the world's Savior. And on the occasion in which they eject the world's Savior, they also reject their place to be the ambassadors of reconciliation and missionaries representing the triune God or the God of all creation before all the world and His way of salvation. So what God did was God set aside for a season the nation of Israel and His program to bless the world through a chosen people was redirected to the church. Now we are the chosen people that God has blessed in order to be a blessing. We, the church, stand in the place of the nation of Israel as ambassadors of blessing and salvation to the world. And the song that we read in Psalm 67, which was sung by the nation of Israel on this occasion, 
is to be our song now. It's what we're to sing. Let me read it to you. To the chief musician on stringed instruments, a psalm. God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause His face to shine upon us. Selah. That your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge, or you judge the people righteously. There is some question as to whether this is to be spoken of in the future tense or in a present tense. I actually think the author is speaking in a present tense. You judge the people righteously. You govern the nations of the earth, Selah. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Then the earth or the earth now yields her increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear Him. Let me give you a brief outline. First, a two-point outline to the passage. Verses 1 through 3, you have aspirations for our present-day mission. Verses 1 through 3, you have aspirations for our present-day mission. Verses 4 through 7, you have the inspiration of a future day of millennial blessing. Verses 1 through 3, aspirations for our present-day mission. Verses 4 through 7, inspiration for a future day of millennial blessing. Let's look at the first part, and that's where we'll focus for the most part in our message this morning. Aspirations for our present-day mission, and here you'll see that there's an order. Our mission to be witnesses of the salvation of God to the ends of the earth follows a progression. And the progression goes something like this. First, we realize God's forgiveness. God be merciful to us. God be merciful to us. After we realize God's forgiveness, second, we receive God's gifts. He pours His Spirit upon us. He pours His life upon us. This is how God does it. God forgives, and then God gives. That's the order in the Christian life as well. God washes us and cleanses us of all of our sins, And then having washed us and cleansed us of all of our sins, God pours into us a deep, rich benefit, the valuable drink of His own life and blessing. God will not pour that valuable drink of His own benefit and His own life into a dirty cup. And so the first thing He does is He cleans the cup. He washes us. He makes us whole. Having cleansed us, He pours His life into us. He gives us the refreshing plenty of all of His salvation. Actually, this mercy and this grace, this blessing that the author is singing about, is actually summed up in one statement. He says, God, be merciful to us and bless us. What individuals do oftentimes when they look at they think there's three things. God, be merciful to us. God, bless us. God, make your face shine upon us. What I believe we have here is God, be merciful and bless us. And let me sum that up. Let me give you a summation of what that means. God, make your face to shine upon us. That's what it means. But we could put it this way. There is first the realizing of God's forgiveness. Second, the receiving of God's gifts. Third, we walk in God's fellowship. That's what takes place. Out of that, God being among us, there becomes an impact that directly flows from that. From God being among us to forgive us and to give us His blessings and to shower us with His presence there is the immediate impact of God being proclaimed among the nations. God do these things, he says, that 
your way may be known on the earth. A lot of individuals believe the sila there at the end of verse 1 is in the wrong place. It really should come at the end of verse 2. That's where the sila means pause and think about this. But there is a pause here because in a sense there's a drum roll. There's a payoff to this. God be merciful to us. God bless us. God make your face shine upon us. Pause. Pause. That your way may be known in all the earth. That's exactly the order. That's how it takes place. That's the missionary progression. We're blessed. Blessing flows out of that. Fourth, what takes place. God is made known. His ways are made known in the earth. God's salvation is expounded to the nations. Your salvation among all the nations. Sixth, God's praise is expressed among the people. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Folks, that praise is just the direct result of the mercy and the blessing and the outpouring of God's presence hitting communities in people's lives and results in praise. Now, all this happens, this knowing of God, this hearing of God's salvation, this exalting God's praise because God has been gracious, merciful, God has forgiven, God has blessed, God has come among us. Now, the next thing that takes place is the inspiration for future millennial fulfillment. That is, a day, the Bible talks about it, when God's Savior Christ will come upon the earth and He will reign over the earth for a thousand years. This will take place before all of creation is drawn up into eternal state, And after this reign of a thousand years, the Bible says that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and heaven will come down and will literally land upon the earth. And we'll move in and out from earth to glory. Our home will be heaven, and our backyard and front yard will be this earth. And we'll enjoy it forever and ever. But there is going to be a time when God will, before we move into the eternal state, God will receive resplendent victory and glory upon this earth by subduing it and ruling and reigning over it and restoring it, in a sense, to its Edenic state. And that is what is being hoped for here. The progression of our mission, understanding that God forgives us, that God blesses us, that God pours His presence out upon us, that this results in us making known God to the nations and proclaiming His salvation, and as a result, others from other nations and tribes stand up to praise God, this thought, this progression of the mission movement triggers in the psalmist's thought and in his mind a longing for and a hope for a day that is yet to be fulfilled but that has been promised. A day when the Messiah will reign over the nations for a thousand years in resplendent glory. And so, all of a sudden, from this exercise of the mission of the church, the psalmist begins to anticipate this reign of Christ. Anticipate it to such an extent that he doesn't express it in future tenses, but as if it's happening before his eyes. At that time, all the nations of the earth will be glad in the righteous judgments of God. Our earth today suffers from our leaders to some extent. And the judgments and decisions they make, they are not wise enough nor powerful enough to institute the kinds of rules that we need to live under in order to not suffer the consequences of our own sins. Oftentimes, they make decisions that just exaggerate and acerbate those things in our lives. Well, there's coming a day when the earth will be glad under the righteous judgment and decisions and rule and reign of our King. 
The nations will be glad under the orderly government of his rule established over all the earth. The nations will be glad in a provocation of praise that they give to God. When God comes and he touches the people and renews the human heart and they are repaired from their fallen and broken condition and restored in relationship with him and he reigns over the earth with a rod of iron first coming to bring his forgiveness, bringing his blessing, bringing his presence, bringing spiritual change to the heart of mankind. At that very moment, what happens is the earth is transformed to bring forth all of its increase upon the earth. The greatest ecological movement that shall ever take place will take place after the hearts of men have been transformed by the reigning king and flowing out from that transformed mankind will be a benefit that will pour out upon all of creation. Creation will then reach its heights of earthly glory, a glory that is never yet realized. And then all the people of the earth will live in reverent awe and fear of God. That's a picture of the reign of the millennium. I want to do three things this morning. I want to just consider three points from this, lift up three things. We've already spoke about them, but let's look at them more deeply. The first point is this. Number one, the heart of missions. And by the way, I think that's the title I would have given to the sermon. The heart of missions is that blessing of God in which he reveals himself to us and we enjoy his presence. Where does the witness of the life of the church to the ends of the earth, where does it rise from? It rises from the blessing of God revealing himself to us. Please join us in our next broadcast as we continue to consider the mission of the church. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until our next time together, may God bless you.